Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I am joined by my guest, Ronnie Rock, as part of our December Advent series. Ronnie and I are discussing Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace, all of those of the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus. And I am so excited about our conversation today. Ronnie's book on Advent, For You Love, The Advent, is our inspiration for our interview today. Welcome, Ronnie. I'm so glad to be here. It is wonderful to have you here with us. So, Ronnie, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? Sure. I live in Texas, uh, just outside of Austin, with my husband, and I've got a great son, daughter-in-law, and two incredible grandkids. Not too far down the road, also have an incredible little rescue pup named Pearl, who is small but has a real big voice. And we have lived here for decades and decades. I'm originally from Oklahoma, but came down to Texas to work in marketing. That is vocationally what I've been doing for decades now. I've done marketing for television, airline industry, retail, and now I am in the nonprofit world and have been in that ministry for a number of years. So I'm marketing and special initiatives manager for an organization called Orphan Outreach. So I get to do I think is the most incredible work of all. I get to tell stories of hope that will inspire you to get to know a kid or a family in a country and to become an advocate on their behalf. I also write and speak. And in addition to the book we're going to talk about, Before You Love, the Advent Collection, I have two other devotionals or responsive prayer journals is what I call them that you can get that were self-published and then also have a book that came out last year called One Woman Can Change the World that you can find pretty much anywhere books are sold. Oh, that one sounds wonderful. One Woman Can Change the World. It is a really delightful book and gives you an opportunity to get to know women uh, from places that you may never get to travel, but women who are truly just living out their faith and their trust in God in really precious ways. They aren't trying to build a platform. They're not trying to become famous. What they love is that they get to pour into the lives of others. And it's such a reminder of how we are designed and how uniquely we are also designed as women, as leaders, as servants, to really be able to pour into and nurture others. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to get that book and read it. Well, when do you first remember learning about Advent? Because that's what we're talking about today. Although I would love to talk about your book. So I'm going to read that, your other book. So when did you first remember learning about Advent? And how has observing the season changed the way you view Christmas as a holiday? Sure. 
I grew up in my family. There was a beautiful heritage of faith, but that heritage stopped when it got to my immediate family, my mom and dad. And my dad just had a lot of hurt and anger in his heart. So the idea of us going to sit in a church on Sunday was not of interest to him. But there was something in me that knew that I didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but even as a kid, I knew that there was something about people gathering together. And there was this peace that I could find in sitting. And I thought it was actually in the four walls. I will tell you, I thought that there was just something amazing about these buildings called churches because people felt peaceful there. And so I would catch rides with all my friends and go to churches with them. So I went to so many different churches as a kid. And in high school, I was invited with a friend to her church, which was Lutheran. And it was there that for the first time, I experienced not a Christmas pageant, a Christmas play, the Christmas Eve service, but this entire season, this four-week season of expectation called Advent. And I remember we sat in the fellowship hall with a styrofoam ring and some evergreen and some push pins, and we made these wreaths and stuck candles in them. And I didn't know exactly what every single week meant at that time. I just knew how excited I was that Christmas had gotten bigger and that it wasn't just about presents under the tree, but it was about this gift that we had received. How wonderful. So that really impacted you. Did that change your faith from that point forward? It definitely, I would say it catalyzed this hunger in me to learn more about this Jesus that they were talking about. And it wasn't too many years after that, that I did fall headlong into the arms of Christ, but it, and went back to a church though, and a denomination that did not observe Advent, but it was something in me that I carried with me. So I think it's interesting that I observed Advent before I fully understood the true beauty of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But again, it was, oh no, it was this catalyst that moved me into his arms, which I thought was wonderful. So I continued to observe it and now attend a church where, as they call it, the Christian calendar, which I had never even known that there was a separate Christian calendar. And it's not a calendar like the Roman calendar, like you and I would see with months and dates on it. But what it does is it has seasons all wrapped around Jesus and all pointing to Jesus with the new year of that calendar being Advent and that time of expectation and incredible joy of getting to honor and worship Jesus Christ as Lord. How beautiful. And I'm just thinking of that, of how God draws each of us in individually and how he knows exactly where to place us to plant those seeds within us. And those seeds from going to that church when you were in high school, really, it sounds like they took root within you and really grew and have stayed with you, that that was something, you know, there's a lot of services that we can go into a church service and that was a great service. It was an impactful word or message that was shared. But a year down the road, we may not recall it. But this has been years later, and you still continue to remember that. 
I do. And I'll tell you why I remember it so much is because it happened in my house. It was not that it was a, it was an act. Now, definitely there were Advent wreaths, there were candles, all of those things that were actually happening at the church building and during the actual time of worship. But what made it so impactful to me, even as a high school kid, is that I was given this invitation to do something in my own home that I didn't have to go somewhere. It was right there. There There were things to read and there was a candle to light. And it felt like an honor, honestly, that me, just me, could actively participate in this season. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's, I think that I know that we'll, we'll talk a little bit later, but I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler on something I encourage folks to do during the Christmas season. And that is why when it comes to Advent, it is a beautiful thing because it's participatory. And so no matter how you might observe it, and if it's very traditional, or if you come up with a creative way to do it, the act of inviting and participating in this this beautiful season wrapped around Christmas in your own home, on your own time, with your family and friends, that's where the joy really comes alive. Because you may not remember a sermon, but you're going to remember that moment when you are with people you love. You're going to remember the light that shines in your little one's eyes when a candle is lit. They're amazed when they get to hear what it stands for. So again, I know it's a spoiler alert already for a tip, but I encourage you, no matter what denomination you are, savor Advent, savor Lent, savor these beautiful seasons of expectation that take us to these incredible milestones of our Christian faith. Wonderfully said. So let's dig in a little bit more about Advent. You've shared a lot about your experience and and how it's impacted you and how we can take that forward and continue to observe and honor the Advent season of the Christian calendar. Is Advent even in the Bible? And if it's not, if it's not, why should it matter to us? Sure. Well, Advent, you're not going to find it in the Bible. You're not going to find that it said, you know, four weeks out, everybody lit a candle. Yeah. But what you do find is this incredible expectation. If you think about it, there is this amazing expectation that starts to come written into scripture. And depending upon which book of the gospels you read, I know that we normally will look at Luke 1 and Luke 2, because that's when you see Mary being pregnant. And then it's saying that they had to leave and they had to find a place and there was no place to stay. And so a stable was opened up for them. But there's this expectation, right? When we read scripture, we know what's getting ready to come. And we're so excited for that moment. And so if you look, even though the actual advent as far as a defined four-week window is not in scripture, the season of expectation is in scripture. And it even goes back to the Old Testament, reading prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, it builds expectation to show us that what happened with Christ's birth, it was expected, anticipated, hoped for, and angels rejoiced. That same season of expectation you find in other times in scripture, again, leading up to Easter, leading up to Pentecost, 
I can't imagine what it would have been like to be the 120 in that room for 40 days. Talk about expectation, right? So there are, I love that scripture encourages us to be expectant people, even though it's not, there's not a name for it in the Bible. It resonates through scripture and it prepares our hearts. You know, that word, when you say seasons of expectation, and then you start diving into it a little bit deeper and giving some examples when Jesus was born and there was a play I'm trying right now to remember the name of the company. It's a a large Christian theater company and they're in Pennsylvania and in Branson, Missouri. And I, a few years ago, I was in Branson, Missouri at Christmas time and went with a friend to go see this play and their Christmas play they do every year. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I have AA is in theater and dance. So originally that was my area of focus. I always say the first half of my life was in theater and dance and uh, adult life. And I have never seen a production like this. And one of the things that impacted me the most is the expectation that they were able to show because before Jesus was born, we know that there were hundreds of years of silence, that there weren't any prophetic words, that it was just a silent period. And the expectation was building within the people. And they portrayed it so beautifully of how the people cried out for their Messiah to come. It just built and built. And and then as you talked about how the birth of Jesus, when we go into Luke, but they were really portraying before Luke, what was happening at the end of the Old Testament before the beginning of the New Testament. Here is that silent period, but how that expectation was building. And God does that in us. Like he wants us to be expectant and not to be overwhelmed with our circumstances. I I think of, you know, there's a lot of circumstances, even if we go back to the Old Testament, you know, when the, the Israelites were in captivity and one of the most quoted scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That, that's on every graduation card. It's on like, I mean, we see that we see this scripture everywhere, but so many people don't actually realize what's taking place. Yeah. Is that they were in captivity. All the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon and God was giving them a scripture of hope and of expectation. And then you think about what you're saying and all the scriptures of hope and expectation of the Messiah to come. And then he comes, but he doesn't come in the way that we're expecting him to come. That's right. That's right. And he rarely does. I think what is beautiful about Advent is it's also its simplicity, but that is just like God. We were having dinner last night with our pastor and talking about how the Lord delights and he does it from the very beginning. He delights in taking simplistic things that would be cast aside normally or be ignored and breathing this incredible sacred space into them, right? He did it with fish and some bread. He did it with water. He did it with a cup of, right? A loaf of bread and wine that was at a dinner like any other dinner. It wasn't that Jesus said, I'm so sorry, I need some communion elements. Can you bring them? 
he was having a Passover dinner with friends. He was using that normal, normal things and how he takes normal things and he breathes this sacred space into them and turns them on their head. It was a birth and it was a birth with humble parents in a manger of all places. And the light of the world came mm, yeah. in that way, wrapped in normal stuff. He didn't come bearing a crown. He came so vulnerable. Yeah. And so I love that because I think, I also think that Advent as a season that we observe can help us take a breath from the season that our culture and society crushes in on us, that in the midst of so much bling and so much busyness in so much anticipation and getting gifts under a tree and all those things, which can all be fun and also all just crush our souls because we can get so weary. Advent invites us to remember why it matters in the first place. So it's almost as if Advent just says, come here, step away for just a minute. Let's be quiet together. Let's be quiet and remember why we're here. And I love that because again, it isn't that there's anything magic in candles. It isn't that there's anything magic in a particular reading or a particular prayer. It's God saying, no, come on, watch me. I'm going to show you what you can do if you get together in a little bit of community and you simply remember why, whose you are. And I'm thinking as you're talking about this, of the remembrance, I'm thinking about the Old Testament. And I'm thinking about all the traditions and places of remembrance and the things that our Jewish believers follow that were all signs to Jesus. But there was for when the Israelites were freed, when Moses freed them, and how from Egypt, and how that became something that they continued to remember the Passover and how it is impacting, and it's a remembrance. It's a place to pause and to remember what God has done and who God is and his faithfulness and his greatness and his love for us and the relationship that he wants to have for us and how he cares for us. And as we stop and pause, this is what I'm hearing as you're talking about Advent and thinking about the Passover as well as just one of the ceremonies, that it is a way for us to pause and reflect back on God and who he is and his greatness, and that we can become so busy in our life and so busy with the traditions of the century that we're living in, the time that we're living in, of what you do for Christmas, that we forget the simplicity, but the power in the birth of Christ. And what all that meant and what all came because of that and how we all were saved and find redemption and healing all started with the simplicity of the birth of Jesus in a manger. Yeah, absolutely. Just again, that opportunity to take a breath, to be still for just a minute. And realize how profound it all is, scripture is, how profound God's love is for us, his redemption for us, 
the restoration that he provides to us in all in just the course of our days. We're all not waiting for a big moment for everything to happen. Advent is to me again, it is, oh, it's just a little, it's a little moment to remind me that God delights in the finest of details. He delights in the little moments. He delights in transforming simple or mundane into a miracle. That is the miracle of Christmas. That is the miracle of Easter. That is the miracle of our faith. If we really think about it, so he walks with us in the mundaneness of our days and yeah. calls us priests and calls us saints yeah. and says that our life is beautiful and has incredible value. That's a miracle. And I'm thinking about the listener right now who, I don't know, maybe compares themselves to other people or thinks, well, I'm not this or I'm not that. And they're missing the beauty of the simple and the mundane in their life of how Christ shines in their life. And it's not that we need to do these big, splendorous, humongous things. It's just living faithful for God. And that out of our simple acts, there's a book that I love, Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence of God, and in our small, everyday, mundane activities of how we can practice having the presence of God in us and with us. And it's not in these big, spectacular things that I go and speak in front of 5,000 people. So that means I have the presence of God with me. No, it's in the act of peeling potatoes and washing dishes and doing laundry or going to work and doing the different things that we do every day of practicing the presence of God. And really, that's what the Advent season is. And even going back to what we talked about Passover, all of these are about us practicing the presence of God and not forgetting not forgetting the beauty of the stories and of what God has done and to take time to pause and acknowledge them and remember them and remember God's faithfulness. Yeah. And that is a thinking about that and about how easy it is for us to forget, to simply acknowledge the Lord's presence. He says he's Emmanuel. He says, I'm God with us, right? He is with me. He is with me as much when I'm driving the car or when I'm working on my computer or when I'm making chicken pot pie. It's all the same. He is as present. One of the ways I think that we can practice that presence using Advent are those four themes that are traditionally used for Advent to represent each week. So hope, peace, joy, and love. And again, it's not having to have a specific book and a specific kind of candle and all of the things that you might look at if you look at how a traditional Advent might be observed at at a church or anything like that. Simply taking the time to say, Lord, this week, I want to focus on hope. I want to understand if hope means trust and it means to be expectant that something beneficial is on the way then Lord, will you open my eyes this week to see all of the ways that I may trust in you more? Will you help my heart to become more expectant to know that you you have my best interest at heart if I will simply just place my hands in yours and trust that you really are 
my redeemer, that you really are my savior, that you really are the Lord of my life because you created me and you delight in me. And then the next week, peace, Lord, will you this week, will you help me see peace in small things and not significant things? I don't need to see. I realize that and not peace as the world sees it, right? Not just the lack of there being any trouble, because I know trouble's always going to be around. As long as we're here and we're in a world that's messed up, I know trouble's always going to be around, but will you help me see peace? Will you help me be a peacemaker this week? And do the same thing again for joy. Will you help me find joy in small things? Lord, will you help me know what it means to love fully? So even those things of taking those themes and not necessarily just reading a story or whatever, but saying, Lord, this week, can we just walk together with hope? Will you open my eyes, open my heart, open the creative, all the creativity that you have in me, Lord, will you help to see all of the glorious hope that does not disappoint? Will you help me see love that you say never fails, Lord? Will you help me see joy that you say is full because your joy is my strength. I want to experience that so much, Lord. And Lord, I want to understand peace that passes understanding. Those are your definitions. Will you help me understand those words? As I get ready to enter into a time, let me worship you now as I get ready to walk toward Christmas Day. That is absolutely beautiful and and really I love how you said, Lord, can we walk together with hope today, this week? And if we make that a prayer, Lord, walk together with hope. Lord, can we walk together with peace? Can we walk together with joy? Can we walk together with love? Open my eyes, open my heart to see around me. And may I be a conduit of your hope, peace, joy, and love. And Lord, also pour that into me. How transformational and what that will do in our lives if we pause and make that commitment to prayer of that and to to focus on that. So is there a certain way people are to observe Advent? Oh, I'm sure that some people somewhere feel that there's a structure, right? And, And I will tell you that being a creative soul, who I do, I love structure. I love some boundaries because I think that that's where creativity starts to thrive actually is with boundaries instead of without them because it helps us stay focused. I don't really see outside of, there is a traditional way. Again, it's the candles. It's having the candles that you light. Three of them are white. One is pink. One is purple that you, in the purple one, you would light actually on Christmas day or Christmas Eve night, there are some readings. In fact, you could go online, just Google Advent and goodness gracious, you will find so many resources. So there are some scripture readings. There are, especially in churches that have a more liturgical season. If you look at Episcopalians, um, Anglican, Lutheran, Methodism, those churches that came out of a more traditional setting or are still pretty traditional will usually have even an Advent guide that you can get that helps you read. And there are some 
hymns and things that are representative of Advent. But I encourage you to think, I encourage you to be creative. Don't feel that you have to follow exactly that structure. Again, we just talked about taking those themes and asking the Lord to allow those themes to really come to light in your life is a beautiful way to observe Advent. Be creative. I, in the Advent book that I have, I even have a Spotify playlist and I have written, I have done Advent in a number of ways over the years. I remember I did, and some of it's just a personal challenge for me. Uh, Lord, I want to see themes of hope in scripture that are not related to the Christmas story. Help me. I want to study scripture and see a story of hope that's not necessarily related just to Christmas, because I want to see, Father, where you have poured hope into the lives of people. You could probably find recipes that you could engage folks that require that you wait. Bake some bread every week. Takes time to bake bread, but it does encourage you to really think and to be patient and to be hopeful and to be expectant. There are definitely traditional ways, but there's no reason why you can't find a way that is meaningful for you, meaningful for your family, meaningful for friends, and inviting people into that process. Maybe it's just a dinner that you have once a week with friends or family that you talk about the theme and how it matters. Maybe there's a playlist that you make that's all songs of joy, peace, love, and hope that you just get to sit Maybe it's reading scriptures and meditating on those with those things. Yeah. But there are a variety of ways, again, yeah. from very traditional to you and the Lord and some prayer and your creative juices flowing. Well, Ronnie, our time has gone by so quickly, and I can't believe that we are at the end of our podcast here. How can people connect with you online and purchase your books? Sure. You can find me on my website is ronnyrock.com and that is R-O-N-N-E. There's no I. Had to be a little different, but Ronnie Rock. And that is the same name if you find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm on Instagram more than anywhere else. It's my favorite platform to talk to people, but I don't make any strange names or anything like that. So just look for Ronnie Rock. And my book, the uh, For You Love, the Advent Collection is available on Amazon. So you can look for it as well as my book, One Woman Can Change the World. Well, thank you, Ronnie, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Yep, that's right, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us today on the show and your thoughts about what we discussed. I would love to stay connected with you. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode today really encourages you to embrace the simplicity of our everyday life and not feel like, I'm just thinking of this Christmas season because Ronnie's really brought it to life of that as we go into the month of December, as we are in the month of December, we can focus so much on the Christmas parties and 
and all the activities, but we lose the simplicity and the still small voice of of God speaking to us of what this season actually means. Join me as in the prayer, Lord, walk with me. And can we walk together in hope? Can we walk together this week in peace and joy and love and make that more real to me in a greater measure? I pray that God will open your eyes and that you will be filled with an expectation of what this season means and of what a life living for Jesus truly means. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.